because he's preaching in Marietta, Georgia uh, this weekend for my pastor at Liberty Church, uh, John Fittner, uh, and he's preaching six times this weekend. He did twice last night, three times this morning, and uh, I believe uh, uh, one more time tonight, and he'll do that the next three weekends, so he's going to preach 18 times in the next three weekends, so we want to be lifting him up in Marietta, Georgia. Can everybody say amen to that? And so that means I'm stuck with the duty today, and I'm uh, ready to give you a word from the Lord. And uh, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is good all the time. And all the time, our God is a good God. If you believe that, put those hands together and give God some praise. Let the church say amen. Happy birthday, uh, Sharvin. Bless you, sir. And I join in with uh, Minister of Music, Stephanie, in wishing you that. We're grateful for him, all these musicians, this wonderful choir that leads us in the presence of the Lord with such a, an anointed spirit of excellence. Give it up for them. Somebody say amen to them. Grateful, grateful, grateful in the name of the Lord. Paul said in verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, shout whole family, in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Lift your hands toward heaven. Say, Father God, we come before you as your family asking you to grant us to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man. And we believe it and receive it and give you praise for doing it. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen to that? Fist bump about three people and say, I'm glad you're in the house of the Lord this morning. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. This morning, I believe the Lord wants to talk to us uh, about uh, uh, God's heart for families. God's heart for families. Um, and I want to share a few points regarding that, and then I'll let you go. Number one, uh, God's heart to value families. Everybody shout, value families. There's a verse uh, in Judges chapter 6 and verse 15 when the angel of the Lord came to um, Gideon and told him that God was going to use him to deliver uh, Israel from that seven-year um, Midianite uh, oppression and thousands upon thousands of them had approached uh, Israel and were on the brink of attacking them uh, to destroy them. And the Lord says, Hail thou mighty man of valor. And uh, his response to the angel of the Lord is, Oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family, shout family. He said, Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's uh, house. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 21, uh, when the S prophet Samuel came to Saul to anoint him king of uh, Israel, um, uh, Saul responds to him and says, Am I not uh, a Benjamite 
um, of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family, shout family, the least of all the families, shout families, of the tribe of Benjamin. Wherefore then speaketh thou uh, so to me? These two biblical instances with Gideon and Saul accentuate the reality that regardless of where on the socioeconomic totem pole a family finds itself, that family is highly valued by God. God does not value some families. God values all families. Every family matters to God. Grab your neighbor by the hand next to you and say, Neighbor, your family is highly valued by the Lord God Almighty. Anybody want to give him praise that your family matters to God? Can somebody say hallelujah? Uh, this past week, uh, I'm deviating from my message. Uh, on Friday, I went to Catholic High School, Pastor Tyler and I, uh, to celebrate uh, this honorable experience uh, uh, for Michael Archie, the son of Thomas and Sherry Archie, who are uh, great leaders in our church and have been for many, many years. And uh, he was inducted into the 2020 Hall of Fame at Catholic High School. Let's celebrate uh, with him. Can somebody say amen to that? Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, whether you're in the Hall of Fame or not, Tell them every family matters to God. But aren't you proud of Michael Archer? Let's put our hands together one more time and celebrate with him and his family. Everybody shout, every family matters to God. Which segues to the next point, number two, God's heart to bless uh, uh, families. In uh, Genesis chapter uh, 12 and verse 3, uh, the Lord said to Abraham, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth uh, be blessed. Here we find that God promised Abraham not just an individual personal blessing. God promised Abraham a family blessing. Shout family blessing. And that this was not just a blessing for Abraham's family. It was a blessing for all the families of the earth. You see, Jesus came to redemptively make this blessing of Abraham available to every person and every family. For the Bible says in Galatians 3, 13 and 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Anybody glad you've been redeemed from the curse? He said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, as it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Listen to this, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. It is not God's will that any person or family be cursed. It is God's will that every family... And every person be blessed through Jesus Christ. Can I get a loud amen to that? And by virtue of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on the cross of uh, Calvary, generational curses of, of families can be broken and generational blessings for families can be experienced and perpetuated. It is not God's heart to curse your family. It is God's heart to bless your family. Can I get a loud amen to that? I want you to look at the neighbor and say, neighbor, it is not God's heart to curse your family 
It is God's heart to bless your family. Now wave your hand over their head. Say, I release right now, according to the word of God, generational blessings on you and your family for generations to come. Anybody believing that and claiming that? If you are, put your hands together and give God praise. Somebody say hallelujah. And part of the blessing of the family is the restoration of family, which leads to the next point. Number three, God's heart to restore family. In Leviticus 25 and verse 10, the Bible says, And you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all uh, the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be a jubilee unto you. And you shall return every man unto his possession. And listen to this. And you shall return every man unto his family. Shout family. Never ever forget that it is the devil's will to destroy and divide families. But it is God's will to restore and unite families. Can I get an amen to that? That's why in the year of Jubilee, God said, not only will possessions be restored, but also families will be restored. Anybody glad God is in the business of restoring families? Somebody say hallelujah. But since it is the will of the devil to destroy families, we need the truth of the next point. Number four, God's heart to fight for families. Listen to this interesting and intriguing verse of scripture in the Old Testament in Nahum um, chapter 3 and verse 4. Which says, because of the multitude of the whoredoms of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcrafts, that selleth nations through our whoredoms, and listen to this, and families, shout families, families through her witchcraft. Now, without elaborating on this verse in depth, allow me to state succinctly that part of the devil's strategy to destroy families is through witchcraft. Now, I don't state this to scare you. I state it to alert you. There is a witch somewhere that is plotting and planning and promoting the destruction of your family. That's why we must know God's heart to fight for our families. And anybody glad that the God in you is greater than the witch against you? Come on, I said, anybody glad that the God in your family is greater than the witch against your family? You ought to put your hands together and give that God some praise. We must know God's heart to fight for families. Listen to what Nehemiah said in Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, where he said, Therefore I set in the lower places behind the wall and on the high walls. I even set the people after their families with their swords and their spears and their blows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And listen to this, fight for your brethren, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, fight for your houses, fight for your families. Can I get a loud amen to that? And, and, and God's heart is for fighting for our families. And we should join in with God fighting for our families. Look at your neighbor, put your hand on the shoulder this time and say, neighbor. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. 
Fight for your homes. Fight for your families. And know this, that the victory is yours in your fight for your family. Give God praise for some victory. Somebody say hallelujah. God's heart is to fight for families. And closely connected to this point is the next point. Number five, God's heart to cover families. Everybody shout cover families. Exodus chapter 12, verses 21 and 23 says, Then Moses called for all the elders and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb, listen to this, according to your families. Shout families. He said, A lamb according to your families. And kill the Passover. And you should take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in blood uh, that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts uh, with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. And in verse 13, he said, and the blood should be a token for you upon the house where you are. And he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land uh, of, of Egypt. If there were ever a time that our families need God to cover them, that time is in these perilous times in which you and I live. I believe in the last seven days there's been a, a killing of our young black men every day. Church, something is wrong in our community. Can somebody say amen to that? And, and, and besides that, we need like never before to cover our sons, cover our daughters, cover our wives, cover our husbands, cover our entire families with the power of the blood of the Lamb. Can I get an amen to that? I feel like entering into warfare. I'm not through with my message, but I feel like entering into warfare right now. I want you to lift your hands and come against this spirit of death uh, that is running rampant in our community right now. And everybody just uh, right now with, with the spirit of faith uh, uh, vocalized in your declaration and your decreeing and your proclamation right now. Shouted to the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places uh, right here in the city of Pensacola. Shout, Satan, um, the blood of Jesus is against you. Come on, let's rise up against that spirit of death right now. Say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Keep your hands raised. My Bible says we overcome that devil by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Why don't we put that word in our mouth right now and claim the covering protection of the blood of the lamb? Somebody say hallelujah. Lift your hands and shout and say, Satan. The blood of Jesus is against you. Get off our minds. Get off our emotions. Get off our bodies. Get off our families. Get off our finances. Get off our sons and our daughters. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Anybody want to give God a shout of victory for the power that's in the blood? Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, wave your hand over your own head. I don't feel like leaving that right now. Say, God, I thank you for covering me with the blood right now. 
from the top of my head to the sole of my feet right now in the name of Jesus. And every day before you leave your home, you need to say, Father, I thank you for covering me with the blood. Thank you for dispatching angels on my behalf. For he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. My Bible says in Psalm 35 that the angel of the Lord encamp around about those that fear him and he will keep him. Somebody say hallelujah. Wave your hand over your head one more time. Say thank you God for covering me with the protection of the power of the blood of the Lamb. Give him one more shout of praise. Somebody say hallelujah. We find God's heart in Scripture to cover families. Number six, we find God's heart to father families. Notice in Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6, the Bible says that God in his holy habitation is a judge of widows. He is a defense for widows. And he's a father of the fatherless. Somebody say hallelujah. And verse 6 says, here's what he does. He sets the solitary in families. He set those that are alone and all by themselves. He puts them in families. Because God's heart is to father you in his families. Can I say amen? Can I get an amen to that? Listen to Jeremiah 31 and verse 1. It says, at the same time, saith the Lord, will I be the God of all the families, shout families, of Israel and they shall be my people. Notice he doesn't just say I'm going to be the God of Israel. He says I'm going to be the God of all the families of Israel. Anybody glad that God is not just your God but he's the God of your family. Can somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Lift your hands and make that your declaration. Say I thank you God that you are not just my God. <laughs> But you are the God of my families. Keep your hands raised. Keep your hands raised. You're saying, wait a minute, Greg. I got some family members that's not saved. My Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, not only will you be saved, but your whole household will be saved. We need to start claiming God to be the God of not just the folk that are, in, that are saved in our family. We need to believe that God is a God of all of our family members and that he's working on their salvation. He's putting people in their paths to share the gospel. He's ordering their steps. He's putting them in the right place at the right time to have the right experience with an almighty God who loves them with an everlasting love. Can somebody say hallelujah? Lift your hand and say, God, I thank you that you are not just my God, but you are the God of my entire family. And I claim household salvation for my whole family in the name of the Lord. Come on, give God praise that he's going to do it in the name of the Lord. Can somebody say hallelujah? I give you this last passage as we come back to our text. Ephesians 3, beginning with verse 14. Paul said, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's heart to father families. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father, shout Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of whom, verse 15, the whole family, shout family, in heaven and earth is named. He's the father of the whole family. See, you got to get this whole family mentality. Because you can... Succumb to the misconception 
that and the false idea and the misleading feeling that just because folk aren't in my circle, they are not my family. That's a lie from the pit of hell itself. How many know you don't have to be a part of the New Dimensions family to be a part of God's family? There's something bigger than that. Somebody say amen to that. And you can get to where you get your feelings hurt and you get offended and you get all up in attitudes because folk ain't in your circle. But when we get to heaven, folk that you had an attitude with here on earth are going to be standing next to you before the throne. And God says, you might as well go ahead and get over it because y'all going to be together for the rest of eternity. Can somebody say, hey, hallelujah. And, and so we need to understand that he's the father of the whole family, not just my little circle. And, 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 and you need to watch how you pray for the whole family. Because you can start praying the wrong kind of prayers. Did you realize that Job's friend said and prayed the wrong thing about Job when he was going through? And they got in trouble with God because they had all of the answers for why Job was going through what he was going through. And God said, you didn't speak the right thing about my servant Job. So you need to go to him and have him pray for you as you repent. And the Bible says when Job prayed for his friend, then God turned his captivity and blessed him with twice as much as he had before. Oftentimes, God won't change your circumstances until he changes you. God won't change your atmosphere until he changes your attitude. And if you don't have the right attitude towards your brothers and sisters, stop treating them like they're your enemies. Because my Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. My brother or my sister is not my enemy. I only got one enemy, and that is the devil from the pit of hell itself. Everybody shout, the whole family. Somebody say, help us, Lord Jesus. Somebody say, help us, Jesus. Lift your hands and say, thank you, Father, for being the father of your whole family. And Paul said, in heaven and in, in earth. And so we got to love everybody. And so this week when I get a call uh, from someone who used to be a member and they've left me a year ago and asked me to preach their daughter's funeral, hey, I don't serve the community because you're a member of New Dimensions. I serve it because you're part of the family of God. Can somebody say amen to that? So I preached as hard at that funeral like they were still members of New Dimensions Christian Center. Because at the end of the day, I don't give an account of whatever your attitude is. I got to give an account for my attitude. Can somebody say amen to that? So I don't serve you because you helping me and what God has called me to do. No, I serve you because I know my reward ultimately comes from God. Are you listening to me right now? And so I'm constantly being tested. How are you going to treat them now, Greg? The Holy Ghost says, I'm going to treat them the same way I treated them when they were on staff. I'm going to treat them the same way when they were leaders at New Dimensions. I'm going to treat them the same way when they were members at New Dimensions. Can I get real with you this morning? Somebody say hallelujah. I ain't walking around with my feelings hurt. I ain't walking around in an attitude. Listen, some folk, can I state it? This is the God honest truth. Some folk left for the wrong reason. That ain't between them and me. That's between them and God. You can't leave every time your feelings get hurt or somebody does something that disappoints you or that you disagree with. You don't leave your husband like that. You don't leave your wife like that. It's something called covenant commitment. Somebody say amen to that. And some of the folks that said, Greg, we'll get through this together because we're a family. They walked out on me. 
And guess what? I love them just like I loved them 20 years ago. Can somebody say hallelujah? I'm trying to help you right now because you need to know where your pastor is. Your pastor ain't walking around with no bitterness. Your pastor is not walking around in an attitude. The only thing I got for any and everybody, whether you're in the church or out of the church, part of the church or used to be a part of the church, all I got is love for you from the bottom of my heart. Come on, let's give God praise that we all in the family of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Paul said, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, I want you to grasp that, say the whole family. See, I believe Jesus is getting ready to come soon and very soon, and we got to make sure we're ready for him. And if we carry around the baggage of bitterness and baggage of attitudes, it just could keep us from being caught up in the rapture if we're not careful. I don't want no weights down here to hold me down and keep me from making uh, my heavenly destination. I love God too much to let anybody's attitude talk about me, rumors about me. Listen, God already knows everything about me. If I've done anything wrong, I repent it for that, and I repent it for anything else I've done wrong. And I ain't going to repent for the stuff that are lies and rumors about me. I just refuse to do that. I just tell the devil, you just lie on that. And I'm not even going to try to prove myself to them because I don't answer to man. I ultimately answer to God. I got to give an account to God, but at the end of the day, I got to love God and I got to love everybody that I encounter. I want you to touch your neighbor on the, on the shoulder and say, neighbor, look at me real good. You may not like me, but you got to love me. Somebody say amen. Look at him again and say, neighbor, I may not like you, but I still got to love you with the love of the Lord. Anybody glad the Lord will help you to love everybody? Somebody say hallelujah. He said, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is. And listen what he prayed you to pray. He, he, he encouraged you to pray. This is the prayer that Paul prayed in verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Listen, it's to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You, you see, you got to, in order for your family to be healthy, you've got to be healthy. In order for your family to be whole, you got to be whole. And so you need to pray every day, Lord, strengthen me in my inner man by your spirit. And, and there are times we need to say, like the old folks used to say, it's not my mother, it's not my brother, it's not my sister or my father, but it's what? It's me, oh Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. Can somebody say hallelujah? Lay your hands on your heart right say, Lord, I need prayer. I need help. I need you to work on me, God. I need you to change me, God. Keep your hands on your heart. This is the prayer that Paul prayed, that the Father would grant according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in our inner man. How do you know you got to have God strengthen you with might by his spirit in your inner man in these end times? Can somebody say hallelujah? There are some things you won't be able to handle in life if you don't ask God and let God strengthen you with might by his spirit in your inner man. Lay your hands on your heart again and say, strengthen me, O God, with might by your spirit in my inner man. And, and listen to what verse 17 says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And in the Greek, that, that means this, that Christ might feel at home 
in your hearts. Now, he's already in your heart. But, but how many want him to feel at home in your heart? How many want Jesus just to sit down in the recliner, kick off his shoes, ask you for a glass of tea, and just sit at the table and eat some of your cornbreads and collard greens and black-eyed peas? How, how, many, how many don't want him to, to act like he's a stranger in your home? How many want him to feel like he's right at home? And, and the stuff you're talking about won't make him feel uneasy. The, the, the stuff you're doing won't make him feel grieved in his heart. But how many want to carry yourself in such a way that, that Jesus says, I like being with Greg. Now, I love Greg just like he is with all his messed up self. But I want Greg to get to the place where I like being with Greg. That's called favor. I enjoy being in Greg's presence. I'd like to get in the car and ride with Greg. I, I like to go where Greg goes and nobody else sees or nobody else knows about. But Greg and I are comfortable with being there. Can somebody say hallelujah? I, I like to talk to Greg. I like to walk with Greg. I like Greg to feel my presence. And when Greg gets a little weak, I like to wrap my arms around him and pick him up and strengthen him and carry him when he can't carry himself. I wonder if I got about as glad that he's the kind of Jesus that'll do for you what you can't do for yourself. Somebody better give that Jesus some praise. Somebody say hallelujah. He said, so that Christ will dwell in your hearts by faith, so that Christ will feel at home by faith, that you being, listen to this, rooted and grounded in love. Everybody say, help me, Lord, to be rooted and grounded in love. Listen to me. Love never, ever fails. I've given up on trying to impress man. I've given up on trying to prove myself to man. I've given up on trying to be successful in man's eyes. I've given up on trying to act like I'm somebody I'm not. I've given up on trying to um, be what man wants me to be. And I've just decided I'm just going to be what God wants me to be. And, and I've, I've found out that if I just stay rooted and grounded in love... How many know love will take you through stuff that hate could never take you through? Can somebody say amen to that? So I've given up on trying to worry about what other folks' attitude are, uh, is. And, I, and I've just said, God, I just want to make sure my attitude is right. I want to be rooted and grounded in love so that when I stand before you one day, I, I won't have to hear you say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. But I want to hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, you've been faithful over a few things. Now come on, enter thou into the joy of the Lord, and I'll, I'll make you rule and reign uh, over much. So I want to be rooted and grounded in love so every once in a while you need to check your roots see see some we're so focused on our fruit but we need to check our roots john the baptist said that you need to lay the axe to the root of the tree if it's bearing bad fruit that means there's something wrong with the root and the root has to do with the deep recesses of your inner man. That's why he says, strengthen me with my, in my inner man. It has to do with those areas in your life that nobody else knows about. Nobody else sees. That's why every day you need to pray that prayer that David prayed. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. And, and, and so I need to be clean in the deep recesses of my inner man. And I need to make sure that I'm rooted 
and grounded in love. Because if I'm rooted and grounded in love, the Bible says love will never, ever fail. And I can face anybody in any situation with boldness and say, nothing can separate me from his love. Somebody say hallelujah. He said that you, were, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Everybody shout out all the saints. Not just new dimension saints. And that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Now, I have a little rule that I don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand away of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. So if I'm around scornful people that are speaking bad about people I love, then I'm going to love you, but I got to not hang around you. Somebody say amen to that. Because how I many you know attitudes are contagious? And so if a person got a bad spirit on them, then if you're not careful, they're going to share that bad experience with you. So what they tell folks that got uh, A-type flu, don't come to work today. Stay at home. We don't want that blessing. Somebody say amen to that. Is it that we don't love them? No. We just don't want that bad stuff you got. Somebody say amen to that. We do love you. And there are some people we do love, but you're in the wrong spirit. If every time we get together, you got to talk bad about somebody that I love, something wrong with you. That means I got to go in a different direction. Y'all ain't saying nothing up here. I'm trying to help you right now. Somebody say hallelujah. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 12, 15, that we should look diligently among ourselves, lest any fail of the grace of God. Get out from under the umbrella of grace. Umbrella of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Umbrella grace, lest a root of bitterness spring up and trouble you. And listen to this, and many thereby be defiled. A root of bitterness will defile innocent people. Because they will, they will reel you into believing what they feel, even whether it's true or not. And the root of it is this. You say, where does that root of bitterness come? Because they get out from under the umbrella of grace. What is grace? Grace means I don't give you what you deserve. Because God didn't give me what I deserve. I had a little personal conversation with God one day, months ago. I'm so much further along now. I said, God, people that I went to their houses at midnight. When they called me to the hospital, I was at 2 a.m. in the morning. Tyler, at four or five years old, they had to give him Oreo cookies in the room next door. While I kept, and Diane and I were in the other room trying to keep that marriage together at 1 a.m. in the morning. I know stuff about them that will blow them out of the water. And I ain't never told nobody. And I tell them I made one financial decision mistake. And those same people desert me. God, what am I to do with that? And God said, it's the same thing I did with you. I ain't getting no attitude with you when I saw your messed up self. So you don't get no attitude with anybody else when you see that messed up self. Are you listening to me right now? And God says, you weren't doing that for them. You were doing that for me. Your reward don't come from folks that you counsel to midnight at night. Your reward comes from me. So you're going to get your reward in heaven. So don't you dare stop serving me. Don't you dare stop following me. And don't you dare stop loving everybody. Can I get an amen to that? Somebody say hallelujah. 
And so he said, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, how can you do this? We quote this verse, but here's where it really comes from. How can we do this, God? How, we can, how can we love like this? Now unto him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to his power that worketh within us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, without world without end. Amen. Lift your hands toward heaven right now. All that extra stuff, I ain't planning to say it. I just blame it on the Holy Ghost. And I'm being transparent with you because y'all need to really know where your pastor is. Your pastor ain't walking around with no hate, bitterness, resentment, malice, attitude toward folk that are here or gone. You need to know that. And God already told me, don't tell him you made a financial mistake anymore. You've already pinned me a thousand times. Just leave that alone. Just stop doing that. You've already said it. It's over. Somebody say amen to that. So I'm done with repenting. I'm ready for restoration. Somebody say hallelujah. I said I'm done with repentance. I'm ready for restoration. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise. Now, it'd be different if I wasn't setting in people, place, uh, people, positions, and systems, and structures to make sure the mistakes that were made were, won't be repeated again. It would be different if I wasn't doing that. My repentance wouldn't be sincere. But I've got those people in place, and they are here today. And they will be approaching you in the future and addressing you from the pulpit in the future to talk about the systems and the structures that have been put in place so that Greg Burns, when he's under pressure uh, to get things done and he's trying to raise offering and the offerings aren't raised and he makes some bad financial decisions, he ain't going to be in a position to do that again. So uh, I'm just glad to say, thank you, Jesus. It's a new day. Somebody say hallelujah. Can somebody say Hallelujah. So it would be different if I wasn't putting in people, positions, and structures, and systems to move on. But we are. Now I want you to lift your hands toward heaven. Because we are praying that God, heart, God's heart for his family would be completely unleashed and usher us into the next season of what he has for us. Keep your hands raised. Because I've been transparent, so let me continue to be transparent. People have come to me and said, Pastor, how come you ain't preaching these days? Is it because of all that negative talk about you in the community? What's wrong with you? Then my daughter Destiny asked me, she said, are you sick? She asked me that last night. I said, no, I'm just as healthy as I can be. And I'm not responding to man. So the way this pulpit is going to go in the days to come, and I told one of our elders this about a week or two ago. And I just told him, he said, how come you ain't preaching? And I said, only thing I can tell you is that I'm still preaching. But I'm preaching as I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Keep your hands raised because I'm going to tell you what God is up to. Two weeks before Miles Monroe died, he and his family were killed in that sudden plane crash. He had a dream. And he told the person in the interview, this dream, had a dream one night of a man in a casket, and it was a bishop. And protruding from that casket in that bishop's hand was a baton. And he suddenly woke up, 
And he asked God, God, what's that dream about? And God said, too many of my bishops, too many of my men and women of God are going to the grave carrying the baton in their hands instead of passing it on to the next generation while they are alive to see them run the lap. And they never get to see them run the lap, and they didn't give them opportunity to learn how to run the lap because they wanted to hold on to the baton. I went on eight fast last year, and I've only been on one fast this year. And I'm trying not to listen to the Holy Ghost because I feel him nudging me to go on another fast. I said, Lord, that's enough fasting right now in Jesus' name. I'm ready to eat. I want to feast. And by the way, I have been feasting. I've been making up for missing them meals in Jesus' name. Somebody say hallelujah. Keep your hands raised and listen to me right now. I'm asking you to remove the traditional mindset of how churches run. And just let's be a place that's led by the Spirit of God. Tyler don't need to get in the pulpit after I'm dead and gone. He need to start, y'all need to get started used to hearing his voice now. And we got a whole new generation that needs to be raised up. Can somebody say amen to that? I ain't done ministering. I'm going to minister until the day I die. I won't retire. I will refire. My inspiration is people like Mama Francis, who's 85 years old. She's still singing in the praise team. Somebody say amen. 86, excuse me. Somebody say hallelujah. Let's give her praise. She's still going strong in the name of the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. 86, listen, I, I don't plan to stop serving God. I'm going to be serving him until this, this fro is totally gray and I'm 120 years old. I'm going to still serve the Lord. Matter of fact, I'm being real honest now. I told Tyler this week, told Diane, told Destiny, told Wellington. I said, man, I saw a Billy Graham program that they did the history of his life. And I said, man, I said, something got stirred up in me because I grew up listening to Billy Graham. Evangelism. And I've always been a soul winner. I said, I, I think I might start going on the road and going to these communities and these projects instead of waiting for these young men to kill themselves before they accept Jesus start having some crusades at Truman Arm and some crusades at Village Pensacola Village and, and, uh, and if I need to go into the stadiums or whatever I might not be Pastor Greg Burns anymore I might just be Evangelist Greg Burns somebody say hallelujah and I know I'm shocking my family and I know I'm shocking you that doesn't mean I'm leaving new dimensions, but church, in these days, we need to have ears to hear whatever the Spirit is saying. And whatever He tells us to do, we need to do it. Because, I mean, you know, those souls are not just getting killed. Some of them people that we're hearing about getting shot, they're going to hell. And God is going to hold us accountable for doing what we need to do in our part. Can I get an amen to that? Lift your hands toward heaven right now. Say, thank you, God, that you have a Father's heart for me and my family and the whole family of God. Lord, help us to love everybody. Get rid of bitterness and unforgiveness and walk in your grace toward those that we encounter in the name of the Lord. Now, make this your confession and say, you are able. That's pretty weak. Say, you are able. That's pretty weak. I said, you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to your power that works with us now put your hands together and give God some praise somebody say hallelujah